0: Welcome to Biota Live. I'm Tom Barblay and this is a continuation of the Biota podcasts. For more information on the Biota podcasts, check out org slash podcast. We have our first caller. Hello, first caller.
1: Hey, Tom. It's Bruce.
0: Hey, Bruce. How's it going?
1: I got your message. That's wonderful, actually.
0: So we'll do some news and notes, which will also feature some great um, Silicon Valley news, so I'm sure you can fill the listeners in on but for folks who also would like to participate the call-in number is six four six two zero 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 six four zero. we have an active chat room and um, for the past couple of days we've been doing a special thanksgiving series for Live, and we'll do another one tomorrow uh, these will be recorded however they probably won't come out until i'm in australia um, which is happening sometime early next year But a lot of really interesting participation via uh, chat and also folks calling in. So um, for folks who are listening in, please do participate via the chat or through calling 646-200-0640. The next episode, Friday, December 12th, 8 p.m. Pacific, Project Integration and Communication. This really is the idea of, of EvoGrid Shallow, Bruce. Can you talk a little bit about EvoGrid Shallow versus EvoGrid Deep?
1: Yes. Uh, in fact, the idea is if you had a lot of different artificial life simulation environments, how to get them talking and exchanging objects. So virtual ants simulations are, uh, the ant objects are feature- featured in virtual forests, and everybody gets the richer because there's objects going back and forth in a kind of a grid
0: Yes, I thought it was an important topic to discuss, particularly as you're currently moving more towards EvoGrid Deep, but certainly uh, talking with Gerald De Jong yesterday and the the feedback from uh, the rest of the community is that there's still a a need for an EvoGrid shallow-like idea, even if it just means um, project collaboration. Um, Certainly, I'm talking to Larry Yeager with regards to the potential of, of Polyworlds and Noble 8 collaboration in the near future. Um, In fact, as I sit here, I have my nature-inspired informatics chapter in front of me that instigates that very um, development. And I think certainly looking at the stuff Gerald is doing with Darwin at home and also the potential for something like Framstix or Brevet uh, to have some kind of collaboration with that. Um, I was talking to Eric Burton uh, a couple of uh, nights ago on the first recorded Thanksgiving boat live, and he was talking about combining... I think, Aveda with Framstick. So there are all these possible uh, combinations that I think will, uh, you know, yield quite exciting artificial life-related hybridized projects. And certainly the stuff that I've been communicating with Larry about gives the potential for uh, competitive parameters between artificial life simulations. I mean, for example, um, the sea monkeys in Polyworld and the the Noble 8s in Noble 8 have a similar kind of territory in terms of uh, competing for food and uh, developing simple social structures and these kind of things, and through um, competition between these uh, the sea monkeys and the noble apes, it'd be quite interesting to see, um, you know, what advantages noble apes have over sea monkeys and vice versa to kind of hybridise a, a super. Um, I guess, artificial life-related primate uh, that could come out of that. So a lot of exciting potential in the area of uh, project integration and communication, and that will be the topic Friday, December 12th at 8 p.m. Pacific. So Thumb news. I thought I'd start with Thumb Boston as it's coming up, Bruce, on December 1st, Monday, December 1st, 7 p.m. at the Asgard, uh, 350 Massachusetts Avenue, Cambridge, Massachusetts. The speaker is Dr. John Raffel, who is talking about mechanisms of minds, what camp tents can teach us about caterpillars. And I think this is a fascinating topic. He goes into a uh, a wide variety of um, uh, points associated with uh, morphology as information conduit, but this idea that uh, Really, just by simulating uh, body movements and things like that, you can get a lot of the properties of the mind out of that kind of simulation. Very exciting topic and certainly something that's been uh, discussed recently in, in recent biota recordings. So it'll be interesting to see the video when that comes out. And similarly, Bruce, you've, you've just had a great um, Silicon Valley. Can you give a, a meeting report to the listeners?
1: Yes, it was it was a small group, I think six or so of us, but extremely interesting, uh, the Sean oh, I think it's O'Phelan, uh, you know, not very Irish last name that I'm probably am mispronouncing. Uh, was a wonderful guest speaker. He's a brain researcher um, who's sort of looking at the brain from a whole systems approach, almost like an emergent phenomena approach. And it was it was an interesting tangent to artificial life thinking where you're looking for patterns occurring uh, in your in your life simulations. Well, he's looking for patterns in the brain where the uh, alpha states or gamma states of these different brainwave states seem to synchronize in different parts of the brain. And he, his claim is that if the alpha states are synchronized, and they're only synchronized every now and then in people, that is when you're fully conscious and otherwise you're just going along on some autopilot or internal dialogue, like you're driving a car, uh, you're just sort of on autopilot, uh, and you're not really thinking, you're not really conscious, and consciousness is parsed out during these states of synchrony. Really is, it the
0: idea of a, is it the idea of a profound revelation, Bruce? Is that the, I mean, what's just the synchronization? How, how would we know if our alpha states were synchronized?
1: Well, it turns out that if you study the brains of cats, they're mostly in sort of this unsynchronized state. And then when something goes across their field of vision, like a mouse, they're very synchronized suddenly,
0: Uh, but it only lasts
1: for a brief period of time. And and he, he's, they've done not his work, but a lot of work on Tibetan monks, especially those who work with the Dalai Lama. And I guess in, uh, they're, they're based in, in India. Um, these guys who have trained and trained and trained and trained for decades, they can enter these very synchro states for hours at a time. And here's another thing that came from Sean's talk, which is these monks, when measured in, 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 there's kind of a way to measure the energy output of the brain, and the brain seems to take about 20% of all the energy in the body, which is an enormous amount. But these particular meditators can reach a state where they don't take much energy at all. It's, it's, it's extremely low, uh, the energy uh, requirement of the brain, and suddenly the rest of the organism has the ability to, to, to get rejuvenated. So the idea of a meditation of being a rejuvenatory activity may actually have some, some legs under it
0: yes it's a it 's a fascinating profession being a monk i certainly i think my, most listeners to this podcast, probably yourself and myself included, have occasionally had monastic aspirations in terms of the ability to uh, you know, not only spend large periods of time meditating, but actually kind of focus concentration on uh, a wide variety of important questions that we can only uh, graze on occasionally, which is really the topic of this evening's discussion more than anything. But I understand that Alan landell also recorded a series of I Am Darwin videos.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we explained it uh, to people, and I was all keen to, to do, and I did one. Um, and Alan, Alan almost sort of never videotapes himself. Um, he he then, the, the others that were left, sort of were uncertain of what to do. I did my piece, and then they started talking. So perhaps they did their I am Darwin piece uh, by being part of the conversation. So I, I definitely did mine, and, and hopefully uh, if you bug Alan, he'll uh, give that to you on a file share.
0: Terrific. I think, I mean, what I really liked um, from the recent meetings was, was Al's news precisely for this very reason. I have um, secondary contact only with, with Al um, through you primarily, but also through correspondence. And I had, up until that point, I think I'd never seen him speak more than a couple of words, you know, just acknowledging that the sound was being recorded or things like this.
1: Almost, and it was almost actually... Like the, like the mysterious John Klein, you know.
0: Exactly. So it was wonderful to actually see him speaking at length, and also, I mean, obviously he's a a very intelligent and quite wise individual, and it's wonderful to hear him talk. I have invited him repeatedly on this very podcast. In fact, my hope was, because I saw him online a little earlier this evening, that I could control him to come on uh, tonight. Um, but no, it's it's wonderful to see him, and certainly I'd encourage folk to check out the uh, the great site with regards to. Uh, the great um, Silicon Valley and also Boston uh, videos that are going up at uh, uh, quite a, a um, speedy rate um, because certainly the stuff that Al was in, sorry, continue, Bruce. Alan,
1: Alan did his version of news and notes, by the way, from his readings in Scientific American and brought up some really good things, so you'll see those in the, in the video as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I like from the last one. I think it's an interesting take on um, the structure of Greytham Silicon Valley that you have people coming in from so many different areas and their own particular, um, you know, insight into news stories is, is fascinating to watch, a great resource. So
1: and uh, <laughs> I've, I'm thinking Irene or I- Irena, the uh, Russian lady, has produced a site for Greytham Silicon Valley, uh, which you probably got. The, um, and, and she's requesting anybody out there involved in any project, uh, despite the may not be in Silicon Valley, is free to send her links uh, so she can beef up that that site.
0: And we're missing one very important thing with regards to the Greyhound Silicon Valley meeting. You launched EvoGrid, the movie.
1: Oh yes, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it's it uh, literally that that morning before uh, I got busy and. Uh, Brian finished version 10, draft 10 of the movie, and I tried to put it up on Google Video, and Google Video is now getting such, be a, such an unreliable service that I said, well, that, that does it. I'm putting it on YouTube instead. And so it's on YouTube. It's on the evogrid.org site. It's in right there. It's draft 10, uh, first official public release, and now it awaits my recording of... of uh, narrative and plunking in of music and there's been several people offering music including Tom here uh, to put in sort of as an intro extra or some some background but it's up there and I really hope people take a look and and send me some uh, notes about what they think or don't think it is or how it could be improved and questions about what I'm trying to do be, it would be appreciated too
0: I think, I mean, the video is relatively self-explanatory and certainly, I mean, most of the listeners to this podcast have had the benefit of hearing you talk about it at regular intervals and kind of the building momentum towards the release of the the movie, but it is deathly silent. I mean, mainly because I've been writing music for it, but watching the video without any kind of audio behind it um, I think the audio would really open it up in some direction, even if it is a, a simple narration from you or some background music or something like that, um, because it, it really... Uh, you, the the visuals are very stunning, but uh, the addition of just even a little bit of audio, I think, would really uh, move it to another level.
1: Yeah, absolutely agreed, and I'll have to pull out my rusty copy of, of Premiere... Um, and try to overlay tracks, but I, I'm uh, I'm a total amateur uh, when it comes to all this.
0: Yes, I think a lot of the Apple software. I mean, I use um, GarageBand pretty extensively, and I know you have a um, a Mac or two lying around and that kind of stuff. You don't always need the uh, the top of the line stuff just to record simple audio. But anyway, speaking of recording video, I should probably do a plug here for I Am Darwin. Uh, it's growing. Uh, I'm receiving videos on a weekly basis. And if you look at the site, i-am-darwin.org, you will see the videos that are amassing, including our own Scott Schaefer, uh, Gerald DeYoung. Um, myself, potentially a Bruce Dahmer in the near future, thanks to Al Landell, and a wide variety of other folk that have no connection with the immediate community at all. I think the ability for this um, idea to go viral uh, is is pretty stunning. I was watching Expelled today, actually, and I saw PZ Meyer and Richard Dawkins, and both of these people have actually promoted the I Am Darwin project, which is quite overwhelming. It gives me a sense that... Um, Certainly we will have inroads to these people in the future because they seem to be very receptive to some of the things that we're doing currently. Um, But there is a lot of time to record it. Darwin's birthday is February uh, next year, February 2009. So you have plenty of time to record an I Am Darwin video. If you're interested and it's an amazing way of seeing uh, the diversity of folks that are not only part of this community but also part of the broader uh, biological community I'm interested in seeing folks outside of uh, biology and artificial life as well record videos we do have an MD on there currently uh, and it's going to be exciting to see the kinds of videos that are submitted in the future so feedback from the last shows I have been um, somewhat crazily recording biota lives over the past two days, and also the, the previous show got a lot of uh, positive feedback as well. Um, but the interesting thing from the past two days has been Eric Burton calling in. He called in uh, for both shows. He's given a relatively unique insight in artificial life, and he is really a, a prodigy of uh, this very podcast, the great blog, uh, the Biota Conversations mailing list. He had a a slight background interest in artificial life, but he has studied all the podcasts in the series just to a phenomenal level. In fact, um, we were jamming on the first recording um with regards to some of the simulations the interconnections and he was talking about Ken Stauffer's work. He was talking about the distinctions between Evo grid deep and Evo grid shallow. I mean it's amazing to have a listener call in who is obviously so receptive to the biota message but i will be recording another one at uh, 7 a.m tomorrow unfortunately you won't have a chance to um hear this and then call in because i'll probably do the post-production on this after 7 a.m tomorrow morning but the feedback that i've received so far is that it's a you know occasionally i should do this occasionally i should move out of the 8 p.m friday night uh, pacific time frame to allow other folks to call in um i do appreciate that people that are uh, further west of me in Australia, Asia, these kind of areas, this recording would be the right time for them to call in. Um, I have to recommend Skype here. Certainly, I believe Eric and also um, potentially Dick Gordon and also Gerald DeYoung all use Skype, and it is a, a cheaper way to call the U.S. number and actively participate in Biota Live because it's really wonderful to have uh, listeners and artificial life thinkers and philosophers and academics actually call into the show. So we will be recording another one, as I say, 7 a.m. tomorrow, just for an hour. And these shows will go out over the period of time that I'm in Australia. So you probably won't be hearing them until maybe January or February of next year, but it should be well worth the wait. A number of exciting topics were covered, um, and I think they'll slip very easily into future uh, biota discussions. So for folks who want to participate this evening, the call-in number is 646-200-0640.